Hi, Melissa. Hi, Sherry. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine today. I'm very happy to see you and to be recording our very first ever episode of Senseless, the podcast with you. I know it's exciting. It took us a while to get here, but we're here now. It did take us a while to get here, although this is the second time we are recording the very first ever episode of (laughs) Senseless, the podcast. I know. Our introductory episode got some sound quality issues with it, so we're having to re-record. There is a mysterious crackling. It was too bad, but we thought it was best that we re-record it, since it is our very first episode. (laughs) How are you today, Sherry? I'm hanging in there. For me, this first episode that we're recording is our introduction to who we are and why we're doing this and how we know each other. And Mm -hmm. we're going to tell a little bit of our story as to how we got here, our health journeys or what we've dealt with. And, And I was just telling Melissa that I'm not a big fan of telling my story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we recorded the first time, I was like, Phew, that's over with. I don't want to <laughs> tell my story ever again. <laughs> and um, I just feel like the universe has a different plan and it's making me practice telling my story <laughs> because I think that both of us need to tell our stories and we have been reluctant to do so. Yeah, the, the universe has its own plan for what happens here. So I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll tell a little bit about our journeys around sensory loss and Sherry's journey, a lot of chronic illness as well. Yeah. Should we say too that we've never actually met in person? <laughs> yeah. And we said I'll say again on the original recording of this that we don't know for sure that the other person is real. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we know that the flat version is real. Right. <laughs> the flat versions of us have hung out with each other every other week for like two years. Yes. Yeah. But the non-flat versions have yet to meet. No. 3D. Yeah, we haven't met the 3D version. But we coincidentally, or I don't even know how you say this, how we met each other was in a class that was also like Zoom or whatever. And we had an instant connection. And I think it was, I don't know, we both, I think, just felt like we were on the same wavelength. And you with your hearing issues and me with my vision issues, we just, I don't know, I guess we just got each other. We understood each other. And we Mm -hmm. thought, hey, this is somebody, This people like this don't come along every day. So we got to keep this going. And yeah. Yeah, maybe we should actually say what we met through. We met through, uh, we both were listening to a podcast on living with chronic illness and health conditions called This Is Not What I Ordered. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hosted by Lauren Selfridge, which is an amazing podcast. If you haven't checked it out, highly recommend that podcast. And through listening to that podcast, that was very supportive to both of us. We found this class where we met each other. So today, we'll tell a little bit of our stories again. Again. <laughs> and plus, we live across the country from each other. So that's another reason why we've never actually met in person. So. Yeah, it's far away. And I can't travel anymore because I can do small little road trips and things here and there, but I can't really travel anymore. Mm-hmm. So, But that's okay. Yeah. I don't mind to see you every 
twice a month, then I'm mm-hmm. happy with that. Yeah. Happy to see you twice a month. Yeah. So, <laughs> we talked about me starting this time because I started on the one that, that had the mysterious crackle sound. Yes. Okay. So very mysterious. So I've been navigating this journey of progressive hearing loss. I don't know when it started, but the first time that it really got my attention was when I was in college. Even before that, when I, uh, I know that my parents would tell me that when I was a baby that I had chronic ear infections and I would be like kind of pulling on my earlobes and crying very often. And Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I always had hearing loss or when it started, but okay, the very first time that I noticed something significant was during my senior year of college, um, went out dancing with a group of friends that was 20 years old. And or when we got back, I said, my, oh my God, my ears are ringing really loud and everything feels so muffled, but it's probably, they'll probably be fine in the morning. It's like, you know, you go, go out yeah. saying it happened. Right. And the next morning, my friends are kind of getting up and having coffee or whatever. And I noticed that nothing is making sound and the ringing is still just as bad as it had been the day before. And so I remember that night, they were going out dancing again. And I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in the dorms and eat pie or something. And um, <laughs> it seemed like a good choice <laughs> when all else fails. Eat pie. Yeah. <laughs> Except now the anti-inflammatory diet is taking the pie away, which I actually, it's funny thing is I don't even like pie that much. <laughs> Some reason I remember... <laughs> You love pie? Yeah, it's like my favorite thing ever. Okay, I distinctly remember having pie. Like, I distinctly remember being like, I can't hear and I'm eating pie. I can't hear and I'm eating pie. <laughs> it's like burned into my mind. <laughs> it was key lime. <laughs> Obviously, it was a significant moment yeah. in your life. Scary as hell. I mean, uh-huh. I would think, but um, <laughs> let's eat pie. Why not? And then the next day went by, the next day went by, the next day went by, and nothing changed. The ringing didn't get any better. The muffledness didn't get any better. And then somehow I just adapted, you know, our brains adapting. Sure. Yeah. Um, And I kind of somehow like got through, stopped thinking about it. The ringing was still there. The ringing bothered me. And I would go around like, I read somewhere that like tapping on your ear helps. I really go around tapping on uh, it, but yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it just kept going. And then about 15 years later, I was in grad school and there was a series of events that all happened in one week where three different people in three different situations told me that they, they had been talking to me and I didn't hear them. And my sister actually said, have you ever gotten your hearing checked? Because I was just talking to you and you had no idea. Wow. Um, I think she was walking behind me and didn't hear. And I was like, oh, whatever. You know, I wouldn't have taken that seriously, except that two other things like that had happened the same week. And yeah. so I finally went to the audiologist. I think I was in my late 20s, something like that. And nope, that doesn't make sense. That's not 15 years later. I'm not very good with time. Um, I know. I was, okay. my, I was in my early 30s. And I thought that the hearing test would show normal hearing and that would be, that would just leave. And like, that was weird. And the hearing test actually showed that I had about 50% hearing loss. 
I just burst into tears. Yeah, and the audiologist told me that. Devastating. I, I just imagine that that had probably been the case for a very long time. The tears were actually more like relief mm-hmm. because I had felt that I had been like subconsciously, there was a part of me that was like, I've been working so hard. I bet. And then I was able to get hearing aids and I was able to hear birds and realize that I hadn't been hearing birds when I went outside after that. And, and how then, did that, I mean, what yeah. did you do? How did that make you feel? Like that, oh my God, I haven't been hearing birds. I mean, that's just crazy. It you was didn't amazing. Even know. You didn't know until you knew. I didn't know. I just thought that things sounded the way that I heard them. Yeah. But I knew, I mean, I knew the ringing sound wasn't something other people heard, but I thought otherwise, like, I probably hear everything. What did you do when you, like, realized how much you were missing hearing? I just, you know, it's probably similar to if folks have, when you're a kid and you get glasses for the first time, if Mm -hmm. folks have had that experience of like, oh my, I was just like, wow, like this. Wow. Yeah. There's so much going on in the world. Was it a little overwhelming? It was overwhelming. It's a little different from getting glasses because it's kind of artificial. It's not just really a correction. Um, So the way that my hearing aids work is that they pull from, because I have completely lost certain frequencies. Mm -hmm. And so there's some computer program. I have no idea how it works, but it pulls from the frequencies that I still have and amplifies them and makes it seem like they're in these other frequencies somehow. Okay. I'm not sure. So it, it's a little bit distorted and a little bit not what things really sound like, but I wouldn't know that because that's all you I know, hear. Because that's all you know. But it, yeah, at the beginning, it was a bit jarring, but I would much rather have the hearing aids than not. It's just like a even though it's life a, change. Yeah, even though it's not, even though it sounds a little, like you say, computerized, I guess. I don't know if that's what you want to call it, but it doesn't sound, I would think your brain would have to get used to that listening to that different type of sound almost right at this point my brain has completely adjusted to it and it sounds real it sounds real to me well yeah right i was thinking at the beginning it'd be a lot to process and then since then i have learned that i've gotten my hair tested regularly and i have learned that it is progressive and nobody really knows exactly why but the ENT. I know I've made this joke to you so many times now, yeah. but I'm going to do it again. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was an ear specialist, so he wasn't an ENT. He was just an E. <laughs> just an E. He so you know e. he has to be really special if he's just an E. He's extremely, he's not just a specialist, he's extremely special. <laughs> yeah, he's an extremely special specialist. Yeah, he's an E. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Dr. E. <laughs> so the E said that they most likely have a condition called endolymphatic hydrops, which is like a fluid imbalance that gets triggered by things like inflammation, which is why I'm on the same anti-inflammatory diet as you are that we like to complain about. Yeah. It's fun to complain sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. The no, the no cheese problem. But I guess at least fortunately you found a doctor that was able to tell you that so that you Mm -hmm. can be somewhat proactive in hoping to mm-hmm. slow down the progression. Well, you know what it made me realize. So I actually had started the the diet before I saw that doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was really a practice and like listening to my body and trusting that my body is responding to things like cheese. Because if you did, like, if I just like met someone on the street, and I was like, hi, my name is Melissa. If I eat, if I eat, if I eat a lot of cheese, I go deaf faster. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And I have dreams about cheese. <laughs> I have dreams about cheese. So, but it's like, really a practice and and listening to my own body and going like every time I have dairy I have a flare-up so maybe I won't have dairy yeah I know it's so hard isn't it they're hard to give up it's hard to give it up but the consequences are greater than the desire to eat cheese (laughs) sometimes (laughs) yeah I know know. it's like oh maybe just a little bit won't That That depends on how good the cheese is. I know, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so that's the gist of my story. I don't have a lot of... When I do have a flare-up, I do do get brain fog, and it's really difficult to think. And I like my body temperature can get off kilter and stuff. But um, I wouldn't say that I have chronic illness. I more just have a chronic... I have a not just, but a chronic condition that leads to hearing loss. Right. Well, it's chronic. <laughs> chronic shit. Yeah. This is what our, our official term is chronic shit that mm-hmm. we have to we have to deal with on a regular basis, on a daily basis. I mean, you have to deal with it on a daily basis. So yeah. that's a little bit about my story. Do you want to share your story again? Also, how are you feeling today? Well, today I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. That's part of my condition, my throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> my fatigue is really high. I guess I'll just tell how I got to here, okay. which has been a long, a long journey because I started losing my vision when I was 19, which was 35 years ago. I was diagnosed with an eye condition called uveitis or pan-uveitis, which it's, means it's in both eyes and it's just inflammation of all the layers of the eye. Mm-hmm very painful. I thought I had like conjunctivitis, but mm-hmm. you know, like pink eye. And so I went to the doctor and they thought I had pink eye too. And they gave me drops and I went home and it just got worse. So as the night went on, I wasn't just pacing. I was pacing because it was so painful. And I'm thinking, I don't think scary. this is pink. Yeah. I'm just think I don't think this is pink eye because I've never heard anybody talk about that pink eye yeah. was that painful. I mean, I've heard it being like, and so the next day I went back to the doctor and he's like, I think you might have something else wrong. And he sent me to the emergency room because also my vision was getting darker and darker really fast. And I was seeing lots of floaters. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the ER and of course they had to call in a retina specialist. And then my whole journey began with, you know, rapidly trying to save my vision in my left eye. It was my left eye at that time. And so lots of injections, uh, steroid injections into my eye. When they told me they were going to, I thought, are you kidding me? I think that's not a thing. <laughs> it's like, you can't stick a needle in somebody's eye. That's it's not like, a thing. Well, such a nightmare. Yeah. Because I was, before that, I was a perfectly active 19-year-old, you know. And so I refused to have it done. And uh, mm-hmm. they put me, yeah, they put me on high dose steroid, oral steroids. They were giving me intravenous steroids and they're like, nothing was touching it. And, you know, drops, I had to put drops in my eye every 15 minutes. It's like, come on. 
And then I had, I've done that many times over the years. At this point, I've had so many injections in my eyes. I don't even remember how many I've had. I've had so many. And I've had 11 eye surgeries. Mm-hmm. And now my most recent eye surgery was I had to have my right eye removed because it, I was left legally blind in my left eye, which means, I mean, legally blind is a stupid word, but mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> your vision cannot be corrected. So my mm-hmm. macula was damaged or whatever. My vision could not be corrected in my left eye. So I went from 2020 vision to 2200 vision in my left eye, not correctable. And then missing like the center part of my vision because mm-hmm. my macula was, is involved. And then at that same time, I started developing excruciating joint pain where I went to get out of bed and I couldn't even get out of bed. It was so painful. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I was like I say, I was very active. I still could do flips because I did gymnastics. I could still do wow. And then all of a sudden I was in immense pain with losing my eyesight and suddenly my joints were so painful. So then I ended up going to all kinds of specialists and doctors. They're trying to figure out what's causing this. Eventually they can't figure anything out. And then they diagnosed me with Reiter's syndrome. Then after that, they diagnosed me with ankylosing spondylitis, which is just another form of arthritis, you know, like Mm. rheumatoid arthritis type of Mm -hmm. fuses the bones together in your spine. Uh. Painful. But anyway, you know, so I've been on tons of medications, you know, since I was 19, just lots of medications, so many medications that I had one doctor ask me if I went to pharmacy school, if I was a pharmacist. You're like, I might as well have. Yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> and I've and it's called my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've tested them all. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> I get terrible side effects from things. But um, so then I had that. And then I was on... Uh, a lot of really strong medications to slow down the, on top of the vision loss, I was on a lot of strong medications to slow down the fusion of my joints from the type of arthritis that I have. Mm. And while I was doing all of that, I started developing this weird thing when I put my head chin to chest, I would get this buzzing down my spine and down my legs. It was like this weird buzzing it didn't hurt. It was just a weird sensation. And then of course, then I told my rheumatologist and he was like, oh, he immediately took me off one of the drugs I was on and sent me immediately to a neurologist. And I then of course went through all kinds of MRIs, again, more tests. And then I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And that was 14 years ago. Can I I ask you a question? Yeah. Because when you were 19, that's like such a darn change to go through all of a sudden yeah like how is that for you like mentally emotionally I was completely shut I shut down I think Mm. so I continued on with my life as if nothing was happening I would I would go get an injection in my eye drive back to work continue working wow I don't know what I did I just I think it was I I mean it's like what we do I just kept going and didn't acknowledge feelings or I didn't ask for any help. I did everything myself. I wouldn't let anybody help me. And I just, I was at the doctors all the time and I was also trying to work. And so I don't know what I, what I was doing. I mean, I I just kept going and barreling through. And then five years ago, 
I completely broke. And when I say broke (laughs) my body, I was in excruciating physical pain, emotional, psychological. I got down to like 100 pounds. I was skin and bones. And uh, this is hard for me to talk about. Um, But, and then I was trying to get help with the pain and, you know, going to the ER and end up in the hospital and nobody could help, you know? It's just that no, there's no nothing. We don't know what's wrong with you. I can't, you know, I couldn't take medications anymore. Uh, They were all making me so sick on top of. And so at that time, I kind of switched over to Eastern medicine, Mm -hmm. more acupuncture. That's such a lonely, such a lonely thing, I imagine, to not have anybody get it or be able to help at all. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It was hard. So I ended up in pretty much bedridden for about two and a half years. And through that two and a half years, I had to come to terms with me. (laughs) I had to meet me. (laughs) No more distractions. I used them all up. Mm -hmm. I used everyone I could possibly think of. You know, I raised my family. I mean, I just kept going and going and going and going. And, you know, I had drugs, medications and things. And so... I call it, I went through a spiritual renovation because Mm -hmm. it was like, I had to like unlearn everything I learned because I had been on a spiritual journey, but I had to unlearn everything I learned on that spiritual journey. I'm now on a different type of spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. So, so I was taken down to the bare bones, just like you do with this, with a renovation, right? You take Mm -hmm. it down to the bare bones and you build it back up again, Mm -hmm. the ground up. And so that's kind of, you know, what's happened to me. My faith is so strong now because I, in that silence, it's like in the silence, you find safety in the silence, which I was terrified of the silence. Oh, wow. So I know there's a powerful love taking care of all of us in the silence. And then last year, I was actually diagnosed with Lyme disease. Yeah. Which I'm pretty much convinced I had Lyme disease when I was 19. The whole they, time. Yeah, they just weren't able to diagnose it. And then, you know, unchecked Lyme disease turns into late stage neurological Lyme disease is what, what I have now. And I'm sure it contributed to the MS, but, you know, who knows? All we know is my body is tired. <laughs> it's tired. Yeah. So I live with chronic fatigue. It's debilitating chronic mm-hmm. fatigue. It's debilitating. Um, and... Um, I'm hearing like this noise. Do you hear it? Oh, no. <laughs> Literally, you hear something? You didn't mean that metaphor. What do you hear? I don't hear, I didn't hear the crackling when we first recorded this either. What do you hear? Neither did I. I don't know. Just I heard a buzzing, almost like an airplane flying over. So maybe that's all it is. And it went away again. Okay. So let's hope that, <laughs> let's just tell our listeners if there's a buzzing, <laughs> We're going to take care. I mean, we are not going to always be putting out podcasts that have sound quality. We'll take care of it, but we don't want to record this again. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I had my pee flown across the country Mm -hmm. overnight. Special pee. Special pee. Which was not easy for me. I had to get my heart rate up to 45 for 45 minutes. And then pee, and then pee again, and then quick pack it on ice, and then ship it wow. to a special lab. You have to be a pharmacist and yeah. 
lab tech. Is that what that would be? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's definitely another career right there. <laughs> I know it's crazy. So yeah. And it came back, we were hoping it would come back negative, but of course it came back positive and mm-hmm. it, it identified exactly which type, what type of Lyme disease I have. So. And this is how many years later than your very first symptom at that point? Nice. 34 years. 34 years later. Yeah. So I'm visually impaired or I have sight loss and I live with, you know, chronic pain, chronic numbness, balance issues, you know, just, it's just a shit show. But Mm -hmm. among all of it, I'm still, I don't know, I'm still happy and joyous. Wow. And we were just talking about that because we had to record the episode. Oh, it may be like lawn work or something that you're doing. Oh yeah. Okay. That's all it is. Yeah. That one's hard to control. Um, we apologize for any, any noises <laughs> that happen. Uh, that While we're recording. I was learning about, I'm taking uh, sign language classes and I was learning about a concept called, instead of hearing loss, it's called deaf gain. I'm not deaf, but hear, hard of hearing gain, which is, I don't hear annoying sounds. <laughs> so that's, uh, I, we, that's I apologize if it I impacts would, other people. Yeah. I would say that's a gain. I say the same thing with my vision loss because people are Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, did you see that? (laughs) Or like, I can't see. Everybody looks beautiful to me because (laughs) (laughs) my vision, I don't see details of anything. So, you know, people don't have wrinkles. They don't have, (laughs) they don't have, you know, it's just, I'm like, okay, that's the good thing. And then I can't. Right. And I can't yeah, see dust. I can't right. see dust. I can't see dirt. I can't see any of those. Yeah, it looks great. So, it looks yeah. great. So <laughs> you're like, you're like, I don't, right. It's a game. But we were talking about that because we had to record this before already. Yeah. And our editor, Tadaji, who's amazing. Yeah. They put out show notes for the episode that we didn't use. And we were talking before we started recording today about Sherry. We were talking about reading your story. And going like, oh my God, when I see it written. <laughs> but when I talk about it, I just sound like, and then I went out to get the mail. <laughs> no. but, I know. Mean, I mean, it's the same with you. I, I think I was read one of the little quotes that they pulled out that you had said regarding your hearing loss, you know, how you, you went to that concert and you woke up the next day and you couldn't hear anybody. Everything was muffled. And it's like, that is really scary. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. That is interesting because it, it, for me, when I'm inside of it now, of course, it's like, well, yeah, but it's, it's like getting the mail. It's what's happening. This is it's, what's happening. It's just what's happening. That's how now. I am. I'm like, it's just what's happening right now. But yeah. then it was, it was a lot. But you said something about that you were on a different spiritual journey and now you're on a new spiritual journey. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds important. Yeah. The journey I was on before I broke, before I was stripped down to the bare bones, Mm -hmm. was more of an ego driven type spiritual journey where I was trying to escape. I was trying to find an escape from the pain. And what I ended up learning was you can't escape pain. Pain is a powerful teacher. If you can welcome pain and make friends with pain, it's 
a lot more peaceful and it's mm-hmm. a lot less like you're trying to, instead of trying to escape something, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. That's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's this internal love for myself. I had to face my unworthiness. Mm-hmm. My other spiritual journey, I was not facing all these things because I was, I call it the spiritual ego. So my ego became super spiritual. And in oh, that, wow. You know what I mean? So I it was, so. I know it's kind of deep here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going deep. deep. We will get I love, deep. That. I love it when you go deep. In our podcast, we will definitely be going deep because I can't go deep anywhere else because <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. else, nobody else wants to listen to it. Yeah. So it was really about facing my unworthiness and really learning to love myself and love all my feelings and all my emotions. Mm-hmm. I also went through intensive psychotherapy. So I didn't do this 100% by myself, but I also have a spiritual teacher, um, Matt Kahn, who I love. <laughs> I don't know how it's like, I just love him. <laughs> and it was weird because he showed up right when I was, I call it, I had to choose to live. I had to choose to be here because I yeah. reached I reached that unsustainable place of either I had to go or I had to stay. And I realized, oh, I hadn't chosen to be here all those years, my whole life. I was just waiting for it to end kind of. And Uh so when I chose, I had to choose to be here. And when I chose to be here, things started shifting and changing. And I started learning to love myself. And I started to learn to face that unworthiness I, I didn't know I had build myself back up from, mm-hmm. and now I've built myself up with self-love and that's where I'm at now. Wow. Uh, so now, even though I face different symptoms, I face all kinds of stuff. I'm coming from a complete different place than I used to come from. I'm coming from a place of safety. I'm coming from a place of just light and love. And I know that my journey is for a reason. And because I don't know what the reason is, I just have complete faith that Whatever the reason is, it's all playing out the way it's supposed to play out. So it's it's just releasing control. I mean, you hear the word surrender. I thought I surrendered like 800 times. Right. (laughs) But I actually, for real, deep surrender that that Mm -hmm. came all the way. Yeah. So I I imagine that if people are listening, if people are listening to this, they might be thinking like, how do I do that? How do I get to a place of deep love and... I'm wondering about if you like have to keep choosing that yeah, every day or if it's like, okay, well, I got to the deep surrender. So now we're good. Oh, I love that you just said that because yes, it's a daily choice. It's not like, oh, <laughs> I'm uh, like, I'm a monk or something. I mean, it's like, I... <laughs> you reached monkhood. <laughs> nope. That's not even close. But what I have now is, I don't know. I have like a faith now that is unshakable, yet I still experience life's frustrations and, you know, anger and sadness. And but I welcome it all now. I used to push it as far away from me as I possibly could. And I would internalize everything and never, you know, share or ask for help. Or I mean, all I've seen is we got to ask for help. There are people, they're here to help. Receiving, that was another big thing. 
Mm, letting people help you. Yes. And that was another lesson. And again, that is something that comes up on a regular basis still for me. But I do believe that it's very possible that those of us going through these types of issues, our chronic shit, um, Mm -hmm. we're possibly having to learn how to receive. Because I have never had a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, giving is my, Mm -hmm. I've never had a problem with giving, but receiving, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They're both equally important. And we're taught, you know, we're not taught about that. We're supposed to put ourselves aside and right and take care of everybody else and mm-hmm. give, give, give. But it's like, nope, 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 mm-hmm. nope. Giving and receiving is just, it's a 50-50 thing. So um, learning to receive, I really feel like that's really my journey is learning how to receive. Oh, yeah. I love that. It has to be. Like we, we're like creatures that exist in connection. We can't just go around as little isolated units. I don't think we're built like try, that. Yeah, I really wanted to do that. I tried it. Well, you could, you did do it for a very, <laughs> long, a very long time. Well, that's because I was forced to do it. But I mean, before that still though, I, I kept myself in kind of an isolated little bubble, my walls. That's a thing mm-hmm. that happened walls because that's why I call it a spiritual renovation because walls were torn down. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it was like, uh-huh. it reminds me, there's a song by Rob Thomas. There's a lyric in the song and, and I don't know it exactly, but it's like, we build it up to tear it down and leave our pieces on the ground. And oh. I always love that because that's where I'm going to cry. That's where joy is leaving your pieces on the ground. You got to leave them on the ground and not don't build the walls back up again. Wow. The joy is in leaving the pieces on the ground and not not forming the barriers against everything. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a journey that we're on together. Yes, we are. We, yeah, we're both working on letting the feelings come out sometimes too. Being vulnerable. Being vulnerable and like letting people know where we are at and what, what we need. And letting people show up. Yep. That's the big one right there. (laughs) Mm. But, you know, I'm so grateful that I found you because I feel like we're on the same wavelength and I can share these things with you and you receive and what you share with me, I receive. So universe put us together. Yeah. I'm so grateful actually that we get a chance to do this first episode twice too. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I feel like it was a whole a whole different experience that's what I love about maybe like like leaving the pieces on the ground is that then you're living in a way that's like so now like if everything is now yeah like yeah it's, it's you're not right. you're not you're not relying on the old structure it's just like here I am yeah and you're yeah. also not relying on the future either because if we think you and I we have progressive conditions so it's really helpful to just be right here right now yeah we have no idea what's coming what's happening after this but no idea but right now i'm sitting here with you and that's amazing it is it's amazing very exciting i hope that we i think this podcast is going to be fun even if nobody listens to it we're still going to have fun just doing it you know yeah we've been doing this anyway without recording it for two years so right like why don't we just get some gear (laughs) <laughs> get some recording gear. We have, and, uh, we have gear now. 
Oh, we have gear. We have these snowball microphones. And we were each other's strengths to do it. It's like, okay, we can do this. Like, I don't, wouldn't have done it by myself at all. You know, it's like, I'm the support. We support each other. So yeah, you had a really amazing thing to read. I don't know exactly where this came from, but somehow it came to me when I was in my, in my lowest point and I put it up on the wall and I read it every single day. And I still have it on my wall in my office, but I will read this. (laughs) It just, it helped me. Maybe it'll help somebody else. I wish I knew who wrote it, but I don't. I think it's brave that you get up in the morning, even if your soul is weary and your bones ache for a rest. I think it's brave that you keep on living, even if you don't know how to anymore. I think it's brave that you push away the waves rolling in every day and you decide to fight yet again. I know there are days when you feel like giving up, but I think it's brave that you never do. Oh, it's so beautiful. That got me through some, it still gets me through some things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when we have our website up and running, maybe we can put it up there. Oh, yeah. That'll be good motivation to get the website. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm not sure how to do that, but. Melissa is really good at all that, of okay. getting everything organized. <laughs> okay. You're better at it than I am. <laughs> well, maybe we can, if you still want to close by taking a few breaths. I think we should. I think that I like you leading us in breathing at the end of every episode. That's my thing I want. I want that. And I'm going to, I'm asking for what I want. Thank what you I for need. telling me. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Do this. All right. So we can just take a moment to settle in to our chairs, allowing gravity to hold us and support us and noticing that gravity shows up to hold us and support us without us even having to ask. And we're actually being held all the time. And then also noticing that Our breath kind of connects with gravity in a way that with each exhale, we sink a little bit further into the chair, into being held by gravity, to being held by the earth. And also notice that the same gravity and the same earth that's holding me is the same gravity and the same earth that's holding you. So you're not doing it alone either. Just taking three full deep breaths, noticing a little bit of extra lightness on the inhale, and then a little more holding and support on the exhale. And thank you for showing up with us today, being here for our journey together. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know that right now we are here with our pieces on the ground. (laughs) Yes. We just want to keep you company. So we hope you join us. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.